My name is Cade Heather, sports editor here at the Videttes, and I'm joined alongside my great friends, co-sports editor Jonathan Barless, Hello. and very soon to be sports editor Jake Sermersheim. How are we doing today? Pretty good. Yeah. Only good from you, Jake? Come on, man. Right. Yeah, I did have a final today, so it was pretty good. A final? Yeah, How'd no you do? Final no final today. No final today. Yeah. Oh, okay, that's perfect. Oh, so Cade? You gotta be doing good. You gotta absolutely be doing great, Kate. I have to ask you a few questions because this will be Kate and I's last Redbird report together. Uh, sadly, Kate. Well, not sadly. He is graduating. He has. He is a departing senior. And Kate, the emotions from you right now because this is the last time you're going to be looking me in the eyes and talking about Redbird athletics yeah. with me. It's mixed. mixed oh, really? Oh, no, yeah. It's, it's oh, yeah, sad. for sure. This is very sad. You know, uh, we've done a lot of these. You know, from the first one when we brought in Steve Holm live on. Live I thought on that air, was yeah. You know, I thought we that. got off to a great start, and I think we can get uh, finish on a on a great note as well. And as Jake will take the torch from us in the coming weeks and the next coming months when he comes back to school in August, uh, the Redbird Report will stay alive. So I'm hoping that him and co sports editor Blaine Llewellyn will keep up the tradition of uh, putting out good content for Redbird Athletic listeners. But. Yeah. Nevertheless, let's get into this. The Redbirds did lose their crucial MVC series against Indiana State. Uh, Cade covered the game last night, or yesterday rather, on Sunday at Duffy Bass Field where the Redbirds lost 6-1 to against the Sycamores. Cade, mm-hmm. take us through what happened there. Yeah, yesterday, I mean, it was the rubber match game. It was the bi- biggest game of the series, clearly. I mean, the winner uh, took first place of the conference, and... Didn't go very well for the Redbird offense. They only got two hits in the entire game, one run. It was a lot of uh, Tyler Whitbread, the starter for for uh, Indiana State, was just mowing him down. Mm-hmm. I mean, clearly just had everything working for him. He is uh, in the top ten or top five maybe in ERA in, in the conference. So, I mean, we knew he, they were throwing out their best starter there in, in the last game or one of their best starters in their last game. Obviously, coming into the series, we knew Indiana State had Absolutely. the best pitching staff in the conference, and they really got the better end of is of Illinois State uh, this weekend, and especially in the last game, you know, he really had everything going. Like I said, ISU only managed two hits, um, and the one run came in the sixth inning after a walk, and then a uh, Derek Perola single that just and the single was just you know this ground ball to the right side found a hole and. Somehow us and scored uh, Aiden Huggins from second. So that's that was that was the only action ISU had on offense. And from the pitching side, Matt Walker got the start once again. He only lasted uh, four innings, gave up uh, five runs, three earned. Um, just another another rough another, start yeah. for him that that we saw. So. Exactly, and you know we've seen that a lot from Illinois State pitching this year is that their starters, yeah. the complacency and the inconsistency that we have seen from them, it's it's more along the lines of you're drawing that you know middle ground of like, oh we're gonna go against in the series against Indiana State uh, under two ERA, one of the best team ERAs in the nation. They're ranked mm-hmm. number ten uh, going into this weekend. They were. And, you know, they throw three guys all under an ERA of three, most of them with barely any any remorse for what they're doing. I mean, they came out and they just absolutely dominated in every single game. ISU yeah. only put together 26. They put together 26 hits this, this series, but they only scored six runs. I mean, Coach Holm has said and has previously and he continues to state how, you know, dominant this offense is. They can get hits, but, you know, scoring those runs is where they need to, you know, be catalyze on that and you know capitalize furthermore i mean they get guys on base but you know it's more of along the lines of you know putting 
those guys on scoring them over and getting those key hits when you need to. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that kind of fell in line with the second game as well. ISU had seven hits. They did lose 13-1 to against Indiana State. Uh, Colin Libertore, he's 9-0 and on the year. He's absolutely probably one of the best pitchers in the Valley right now, if he's yeah. not the best. He and he is... Yeah. He's 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 the cream of the crop yeah. of Indiana State right now and the Valley, if that. Uh, you know, ISU put together seven hits. They scored one run. They let up one error, and that game was more along the lines of just deciding of this Valley series. And you know, they you lose thirteen to one in the game two of that. And you know, Jeff Lindred started. He's four and four on the year. He let up six hits and five runs of four earned. A lot of pitchers in this game. A lot of relief. Uh, Mitch Vogler and Brett Wickland made a, a relief appearance. Michael Sebi, Rasmus, uh, Connor Peplau, and Dalton Harvey. All of them came in the throw. All of them getting uh, an inning or two. Most of them with just about an inning. Some of them only pitched for an out, if that. Just yeah. trying to, you know, limit the damage, get guys, you know, throwing in this game. You know, Coach Holm said, you know, you'd like to win both games of the series, but we knew if we could find a way to split those first two games, you like your chances on Sunday. Mm-hmm. And unfortunately, that didn't happen. But, I mean, you know, the more exciting of the three games happened in the opener. In the, game, the series opener, you know, they, t- they were tied 3-3, yeah. leading in the bottom of the ninth, and uh, pass ball, walk off, scoring Jeremy Gaines from second base. Uh, that's that's a win. You you can steal a win from you know the top team in the valley like this, yeah. and especially with Dallas Baptist creeping up as they have been. They're nine and four right now in valley contention. As there's a lot going on right now. There's a lot that could be shaken up in the next couple of weeks, especially the tournament happening May 21st and 25th. Uh, ISU is still touting the highest average in Valley play, highest team average with 294. And Indiana State, after being shelled by ISU with 26 total hits this uh, this series, has fallen down to number two in Valley earned run average. Uh, they are at 310. Bradley now leads, and that's ISU's next series too. Yeah. So another battle of pitching versus hitting for them. It's going to be another big one. And Bradley is right there behind them in uh, team batting average as well. So they, I mean, they're right at the top on offense and at the very top in, in uh, pitching as well. So it's going to be a very tough series. It's at Bradley. Um, no midweek game this, this week, though, so they will have a little extra time off with finals week and everything. Get a little couple days off. Get their um, studies before, in. Yeah. Before you... Uh, like the rest of the us. Yeah. <laughs> Pretty much like the rest of us. But, you know, I think you're just going to kind of come down to... Well, let me ask you this first, Cade. What do you think the key thing is for the Redbirds to hone in on now? It's with only a couple weeks left yeah, here. Yeah. It's definitely pitching. I mean, the starting pitching for sure. I mean, like you said, the past uh, these past two games, we saw Lindgren and Walker give up four or five runs each, uh, not last very long. They've been having to dip, dip into the bullpen a lot uh, the past couple games. Mm-hmm. Like you said on set, uh, Saturday's game, I don't know how many seven total pitchers. Was. Seven pitchers were used yesterday. We was a, a great outing from Colton Johnson. Yet another one, five innings, only gave up one run on two hits. Uh, he did everything he could. To, to keep ISU in that game yesterday, but, you know, just gave up the one run, a solo home run in the eighth, actually. Um, yeah, it's definitely going to be the starting pitch, and they're, they're going to have to figure out how to get more outs and, and last, last longer innings. Absolutely. You know, they, can't be keep, they can't keep going to the bullpen like this, uh, especially, you know, come tournament time. You're going to have a lot of games back-to-back, and can't be using the same pitchers over and over too much. If they could replicate think, what Brett Hendrick did on Friday, going all nine letting up three and you know letting up those three in the eighth inning which is okay going as long as he did and you know really limiting his pitch count and really giving the relievers a chance to have another day off and have them go into the rest of the weekend strong i think that's going to be the main thing they have to hone in on like you said that's ideal and you know like 
like we just talked about five minutes ago, barely, uh, getting those key hits in those key situations. They can get guys on, they can get base runners on, they can get them over, but they got to get them in. And that kind of goes along with everyone kind of stepping up. Joe Isles, he's hitting 363 right now. Jordan Lemon's hitting a lot better. Jeremy Gaines is getting more games started, and he's getting more time in there, and he's hitting 320. You get those guys at the plate, get those right bats in, get those looks. I think there's more to be done when there's base, base runners on. Mm-hmm. And I just yeah. think it's more just playing that game, playing that kind of small ball-esque kind of thing, and getting those guys on and over to have your key hitters get those guys in. And they can hit 27 in a, a series, but they score six runs. That's kind of a lopsided you know, ratio right there. Mm-hmm. And I just think they got to find a way to score score more runs. Like It, it sounds very cliche, you get more hits, score more runs, but that's right. exactly what's going on here. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I'm not sure what you do to, to, to do that. Do you think maybe a lineup change or something? I mean... John Rave has been leading off all year long, and I feel like they could be almost getting more out of him this year. But I think so, too. I think you, know. you could maybe move Rave down to a 5 or 6, kind of get him in that lower half of the lineup, just get him more looks that way, a little bit more yeah. pitches. I mean, you, you see a lot leading off, but I think if, if I'm Steve Holm, I'm going to want to give my best hitters more pitches. And if Rave's going to be at the top of that lineup, kind of take him that rotational spot right there, I think you can get him more down in that, you know, Late, late, like ladder third, get him that little leadoff spot. I'm thinking like a five or six would work for him. I think he could really, you know, he has a lot of power. He hits a lot to the gaps. He can really push balls through the holes, especially through the infield he gets on. And I just think that would help more when you have, you know, Iles hitting fourth. And then you have Lemon hitting fifth. Then you got Rave hitting sixth, or you could switch that up. Yeah. There's a lot more to be done if you got Rave's bat down there in the lineup. And even if you start Jeremy Gaines, you can put him off in leadoff spot. Oh, yeah, he can get on base, with, and he's fast. He's a that, really yeah. very good base runner, and we saw that on Friday too, scoring mm-hmm. from second base on two pass balls. I mean, it was, this speed was he, it was there. I mean, he's got wheels, but I think a lineup change could work. I don't know if Steve Holm will take advantage might. of that. Yeah, maybe just a tweak or something. I mean, something to get the offense going. Absolutely. And, you know, going into this Bradley series with another good pitching staff that Bradley has, Jake, I'll turn it over to you. What do you think Bradley has to offer along with this ERA, and how do you think the Birds can, you know, come up, you know, with another strong series going into another week of play, heading into this Missouri Valley Conference tournament that's going to be happening at Duffy Vass in two weeks? Where do you think ISU can really draw the line and, you know, try to get another series win out of Bradley? Um, well, if ISU starts off strong, comes out of the gate hitting, they can jump off Bradley's um, rotation quickly, and I don't think it should be an issue if, if the pitching comes around, the hitting comes around, and they can limit Bradley's batting. That's That'll be a big key also. I think Bradley is also a very good hitting team as well. I mean, they are in the top five. Actually, they're number two in the Valley. They hit 286 just behind ISU with five games, and it's a very close margin. I mean, they can pitch and hit. Bradley, the best team, ERA in the Valley with the second best offense in the Valley. ISU definitely has their work cut out for them as they're sitting seventh right now, or sorry, sixth in the Valley standings for Team ERA with 514 just behind Southern Illinois. And Bradley's going to be a test. It's going to be another test. I think these two back-to-back MVC uh, series with no midweek game is going to be something that they need. I think the rest during the week with finals week kind of gets their mind off of baseball just a tad, like you said. Mm-hmm. And I think if we can at least steal two, if we can win this series, I think we'll be in good shape heading into, you know, any sort of competition with Dallas Baptist and any sort of thing with Indiana State trying to, you know, extend that and really break that margin of being in first place. But I think we're just going to have to wait and see until we actually get out there next weekend. 
And I mean, he makes Jake's make, makes a good point is getting off to early good early starts against Bradley with this great uh, pitching staff. You know, get into their bullpen, and like you said, winning two out of three games would be huge, uh, especially in Peoria. And this is their last road series of the season, so getting any momentum as you can that you can coming out coming off the road, back home. Uh, after that, they'll have one midweek game and then uh, one more home series, and then it, that's it. Then it's a uh, conference conference tournament. So any momentum you can grab at Bradley, this is a huge series because Bradley's right on their heels uh, in the standings. So. Absolutely, and you know ISU sitting ten and five in conference right now, twenty eight and twenty overall with the losing streak of two after losing those two back to back against Indiana State. They're seventeen and sixteen away. One loss kind of yeah. dictates how they're going to play against Bradley, especially in another I-74 match, and especially since they're as good as they are right now. Mm-hmm. I think if we can at least steal two, if the pitchers stay strong from innings one through three, because I feel like they have most of their troubles early innings one through three, one for four. Yeah. And, you know, that middle of the game relief, they're they're very good of really solidifying who's going to go in in those spots and really using their Steve Holmes is actually very good at this. He's very good at bullpen management, and I feel like that he uses his relievers in a very strong manner. He'll throw guys out there for an out or two, if that, and just in the bottom of the fifth inning when it's a run, they have a one-run lead and there's a guy in second. I see a lot of movement always in the pen, and it doesn't matter what time of the game it is, so he's very good at that, and I think he uses that to his advantage. And, you know, especially going against a very good hitting team like Bradley, I think that's going to be a key for this series coming this weekend as well. And 17 and 16 away, I don't know if that plays in anything, but Steve Holm and the rest of the boys have said that they like playing at home better, and it's shown in their record. Yeah, and absolutely. I, think, I mean, yeah, how could you not? But this isn't very far, maybe a 40-minute trip or something. Uh, you know, I don't think that should play too much of a factor this week. I don't think so right. either. Uh, Birds will be playing Bradley in a three-game conference set. First pitch is scheduled for Friday at 6 p.m. for another I-74 matchup in Peoria. But in other news, softball finishes their regular season off with a sweep at Valparaiso. Uh, The team did travel to Valpo with the three-game set over the weekend, and they did sweep the Crusaders to wrap it up. And, you know, the series began Friday. The first run came from Shannon Feld in the third inning, and things just kept going from there. Morgan Day, obviously one of the catalysts for this team. She's one of the biggest pitchers, if not in the Valley. Her name seems to pop up almost every single weekend doing something incredible. I mean, she's thrown a lot of shutouts this year she's leading in putouts for this season for the redbird pitchers and she just seems to do it with more ease and you know more professionalism every single time that she has gone out there in the circle yeah absolutely and i mean this is this is easily i mean the best way that that this team could have finished their regular season obviously a a rough season at 17 and 32 overall but they finished the season on a with four wins in a row that's huge. I mean, mm-hmm. at Valpo as well. That I mean, pick up three road wins, a sweep of Valpo, um, and with those four wins, that secures Illinois State as the sixth sixth seed at the tournament instead of having to play in a, a play-in game as as one of the bottom four seeds. So now they get to play the winner of Evansville or Valpo in technically the second round of the tournament. Um, Beginning on May 9th is when they'll be playing as May 9th, the winner of Valpo or Evansville. They obviously they just played Valpo very well, so I mean that would be a great matchup for them. Earlier in the season they swept Evansville too, so either way this is definitely a good position for them to be in. They they have a lot of momentum heading into the tournament. Mm-hmm. They'll be playing they'll be playing the team that they've swept 
either way, whether it's Evansville or, or uh, Valparaiso. But um, like you said, I mean, I think, or like I said, I, th- I think this is this is easily the best way they could have finished finished this season. Coming in strong in any tournament, winning four games in a row is something that you'd wish, especially for a team that has been so back and forth all year. Uh, they ended up being 17 and 32 with a lot of losses early in the season, traveling to Florida and Georgia for all their opening, uh, their UCF opening weekend. They lost all four games in that invitational in Florida, and they went to Arizona and only won one, and that was their last game that they won in tournament play before they headed to the Bubbly Invitational. And you know they're 11 and 10 in conference. Yeah, they had they're a very streaky team, and if they can keep streaking the way that they are right now, winning those four games in a row. I think they can come up with a win against either Valparaiso uh, or Evansville. Uh, they did take an earlier season or er, earlier series this year with Evansville. Uh, they did sweep them and they won the final game in six innings, winning sixteen to eight. So that's nice to see. And then you know you couldn't come up playing Valparaiso again and with off another final sweep. So the yeah. odds are in their favor here. Yeah, I absolutely. think they can definitely be a team to look out for going into this tournament streaking as they have and, you know, kind of getting through that first round playing two teams that they've swept this yeah. season. Yeah, they could be a dangerous team. I mean, not looking at the one or two, maybe even three seeds at the tournament. I think you look at some of the lower seeds, Illinois State is probably the most probably the most dangerous right now just because they're the hottest uh, going into the tournament. I think so as well. Uh, but we're going to have to wait until their opponents are either Evansville or Valparaiso at 1.30 in Peoria this Thursday, May 9th. And we're just going to have to hope for the best for ISU softball. Hopefully their streak can stay on the upside on the positive chart. But and also our final piece of news, tennis has wrapped up their season uh, a couple days ago as well. They did take a loss at U- USC in California. Mm-hmm. Cade, what do you think about that, my man? You know, I think I think it was something that we kind of expected to happen. You know, USC, much better program in tennis and you know, they've been there so many times before or in the tournament. ISU kind of getting their feet wet, getting in the tournament, haven't been there in 14 years mm-hmm. now. Since 20, um, 2005. It's, yeah, yeah, I mean, it's it's a great it's great for the program that they were able to get there, compete. Um, they lost 4 nothing, uh in, in all their matches. Some of their matches, they came back, they, they, they gave it a good fight. Um, but at the end of the day, I mean... They didn't come out on top. Right. It might have been somewhat expected, but I think it's uh, it's great experience for all of them. And uh, you know, I guess here's a quote from from Coach Kovacek after after the uh, after the meet. She just said, "We came out with the right attitude and played to win. It was a great learning experience, and I know these kids are motivated and excited to do whatever it takes to be in the same position next year. This whole year, I've seen so much passion from our players, and we had great leadership in our seniors, Jana and Veronica." have been a big part of our growth as a program and it's been a joy to work with them for four years you know with the seniors graduating I think I think this program is still uh trending upward you know with with the way she said that and uh I think we can expect uh more good things next year with with this team Natalia Bravo gonna probably be leading this women's tennis team as she will be the headline senior uh she was the player who you know nailed the final coffin in the Redbirds MVC tournament win and it's a lot, like you said, it's a very uptrending, positive thing to see this program, you know, take down a number one ranked Stony Brook in that MVC championship win. And everything is kind of seeming like it was going to lead towards, you know, that USC loss. USC, number 13 seeded, ISU went into the tournament with no seed. And they ended up, you know, they, they put up a fight. But, you know, like you said, putting the program on the map is 
their main goal. And, you know, when we talked to Natalia last week and she said a lot of things were uh, we can keep getting better playing against a team like a big team like USC. They'll definitely be more aggressive. I think they'll have better tactics than we've seen. Obviously, that is shown. But, you know, she also said this makes the program a lot more recognizable because tennis is such an undermined sport. We're not as big as football, so that's really big for us. Getting that bid, going to California, sweeping conference, going 9-0, and winning the championship uh, for the Valley, and you know, hosting a trophy over the heads at the end of it all, I think that's that's the key thing here. That's the thing that they'll remember, especially sending those seniors yeah. off like that. Absolutely. I think yeah. so. So the bravo to them, literally Natalia Bravo, and bravo to the rest of the team. Uh, we were rooting for you guys to do a little bit better, but we still got your backs no matter what. And, Cade, do you want to sign us off in your final one? I want you to because I feel like this is this is just right. Please so, yeah, sign, sign it off here. Out. All right, so this is all we have for you guys yes. this time around. But be sure to follow us on Twitter at Vedette underscore sports and keep up with the latest on everything Illinois State sports at VedetteOnline.com. This has been the Redbird Report. I am Cade Heather. John he Barless. John Barless and Jake Sermersheim. We are signing off until next time. Stay hot, birds. I love it.